you because you loved us first. Our eyes are on Jesus, and we are so grateful for this incredible gift during the Advent season that Rocky and Brian were able to fly and come all the way out here to share their hearts and their lives with us. Please give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts that are humble and responsive, and may your love just saturate this room. In Jesus' name we pray. All right. Well, welcome everybody. Good to see everybody. Um, we uh, we love coming to Bakersfield. It is like one of our favorite places to come. Uh, we love all of you all. You all make it so special every time we come, and uh, just love all the all the things we get to witness. Les Pierce, always make sure we see lots of different things when we come here. So uh, we uh, what we want to do this morning or this noon time is uh, give you a little behind the scenes of uh, we're going to just approach this like it's a podcast. Does anyone listen to our podcasts up there? Anybody? Okay. All right. Well, you're going to, uh, we're going to do a podcast right here on the stage uh, with you all. So when we do a podcast, uh, we gather usually at the influencer's office. You can see our setup. It's very professional. It's like a really high dollar cardboard box uh, sitting on a table. And uh, we have a little recording device. We sit on top of the cardboard box. Have any of you ever seen Oh Brother Rock? Where are we? We're staying in the can. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. So this box will be in the Influencers Museum years from now. You can come view that someday in Arkansas. Um, so what we do first is we pray. So we're going to say a little quick prayer, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll do our podcast. Tell them why. Well, because, you know, when we do these, we have a general idea where we want to go, but we really want it to be the Holy Spirit speaking, not us. And so that's who you need to hear, not us. You need to hear the Holy Spirit speaking. And so uh, that's why we pray first. So a lot of it's emptying yourself. That's right. So that we can hear, so that we can give. That's right. Exactly. So, and we always believe there's probably somebody, at least one person, needs to hear something that day. Yeah. All right. Well, Father, uh, what a unique opportunity to uh, just to come before you with my brothers and sisters in Bakersfield, with my brother Rocky. Lord, use this podcast, use this time together, even today, to speak to somebody. Lord, use us as your mouthpieces, Lord. And if there's anything we need to say, let's make sure we say it. If there's anything that can be left out, let us just forget about it. Lord, we give you this podcast in Jesus' name. Father. Oh, Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for these precious people that we have before us, sons and daughters of yours. And Lord, our, our, our desire is to have them fall deeper in love with you. Mm -hmm. And they do that when they know how deeply you love them. So guide us today. Uh, let us be able to speak with clarity and truth, but also let us speak that which you want to do. Sometimes we don't know what it is, but we know that we surrender our, our vocal cords and our bodies, our lives, our thoughts to you. Somehow you, you break through. And we ask that you break through now yeah. and feed your, your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, I'm about to start here, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna set, tell them where I am uh, that this is a live podcast. So when it's your part, I want to hear some some loud noise so that they can 
hear you all around the country, okay? All right. So, well, this is the Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I am the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries from Bentonville, Arkansas, but I am not in Bentonville, Arkansas. I am live from Bakersfield, California. So I'm here with uh, my mentor and my good friend, my brother, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, bud. Rocky's the founder of Influencers Global Ministries, and uh, we love to just come to you and uh, just try to bring something of value that will point you back to Jesus. And uh, Rocky and I love the holidays. We love Christmas, and we happen to be here at Christmas time. And uh, staying over at Leslie Lori Pierce's house, that just helped because she's got her whole house decorated for Christmas. I would think it would be Mrs. Santa Claus's house. Mrs. Santa Claus's house. That's what it would look like. So, um, does anybody uh, ever use an Advent devotional? You guys, you've heard of Advent, right? Um, so Advent comes from the word Adventus, which means come, you know, and there's also another word called Maranatha. You guys heard that word? That means come Lord Jesus. So, uh, so this is Advent is, Advent is not just about thinking about Christmas coming. What, what Advent is three things. In St. Bernard of Clairvoy, this old saint, he said, he said, Christ comes three ways at Advent. He came to Bethlehem in the past, and we think of the past. Uh, he comes at the end of the age, and he also comes in the present day life of believers right now, right? And for a ministry that talks about abiding in Christ, aren't we always saying, come Lord Jesus, right, in this ministry? And so so what we want to do today is just talk about uh, how has Jesus come in the past uh, to influencers, to Rocky, um, even here in Bakersfield, and how is he coming today? How do we see him coming now, today? And then what do we anticipate Jesus to come in the, in the future? What, what is he going to do in the future? So, Rocky, let's start a little bit with a little history of how did uh, Jesus come to you in the way of helping you understand some things that, that became the early parts of the journey? Well, of course, uh, the journey began in, in my life before I ever did the journey, right? Because it was a discovery a process of, of discovering that there was more to this Christian faith that I had that I wasn't getting. Um, before then, I was a sincere believer, and I worshiped God. Um, I knew of him, but I don't think I really knew him. And when I say that, it's not that I didn't know him as Lord and Savior. is I didn't really know him as friend and companion. I didn't know him to be really the lover of my soul. I think that he loved me as God loves, but I didn't know that there was an intimate relationship that was even available. And then I read John 15. And the whole basis of John 15 is him saying, come to me. And, you know, Maranatha means come Lord Jesus. Well, in the very beginning of the journey, which is our discipleship process, when you open the page, it says, come to me, Jesus. So he is beckoning us to come to him and to find more than we really realize. And I think if we ever get to the point we think we found it all, you're in trouble. <laughs> and you know it all, you've just proven your ignorance. <laughs> because, and I'll tell you this, Brian, years ago I had... Uh, a young man that came up to me and I was at a wedding and he saw me across the room. And I don't know, I think I might've been sunburned or something, but he, he came to me and says, you're a Christian, aren't you? 
I said, yeah, I know. He said, when did you uh, get to know the Lord? And I started to answer him and said, well, I was that little guy in Mississippi, and I made a profession of faith in that Baptist church, and I walked that aisle, and I was baptized. I started to say that by song. And here's what I said to him. Well, I started getting to know him then in Mississippi. I was made a profession of faith, and I, I was baptized. And, and, and I think I could say that's when I got to know him. But then there was a period of time that, that there was a lot of darkness in my life. And he was fighting for me. But I was just wasn't doing too well to manage to see him. And then I processed through that part of my life. And at 21 years old, I, I had a real kind of awakening in a voice camp that I was in this council. And I came back to Ole Miss my senior year. And I was really wanting to rededicate my life. And back then in 1966, there wasn't a lot of popularity of Christian Christianity on campus. You know, there, there was the beginning of campus crusade. But the girls weren't really pretty then. <laughs> And that's why I didn't go. That's where I come from. They were beautiful, but I wasn't looking at that. But I started kind of realizing there's more to it. And I, I told the young, young man, I said, and it was in 21 years old that maybe then I might have gotten to know him. But then at 30 years old, my father was killed. And it was in that grieving process, getting along the Lord. Telling him, Lord, what am I going to do without my dad? He's my best friend. And uh, I felt him speak to my heart in a fashion, not all of it, but he spoke to my heart. And here's what he said in my grief From now on, I'm going to be your daddy. And I didn't know daddy was a word to call God. Not God will lay up there. But now he was making himself available to me to know him as Abba. Abba, which I didn't know was meant daddy. And I think it was then that I began to understand this intimate characteristics of God being born in me. And I could have said, you know, maybe it was then, maybe when I was 30 years old, when I really got, got to know God. But then I had my children. And I look them in the face and I love them and I see God's blessings to me. And I saw my marriage just get better and better and better. And as that marriage got better, I, I could say that maybe it was then I got to know God. And then at 50 years old, I had a you know, midlife crisis, I guess you'd say, but there were some big changes that came in my life. And maybe then. And so I, I, I progressed through that, answering that question, that young man, and I finally came down to this. Look, let me tell you what I believe. What I know about him causes me to worship him. But know him? Well, it's going to take me an eternity. I'm in a journey. And it's only begun. Right? It's only begun. We're progressively getting to know him better, but we worship. He is our God. He is our Savior. And we're getting to know him as our friend. And that's the big thing for me right now is the friendship with Jesus. Right. Talk about how Jesus came to that first journey group. 
when you when you endeavor to kind of invite other people into this searching, into this conversation? Well, it, and it's kind of piggybacking on what I was just telling you, because now there was a revealing process to me about the intimate characteristics of God. I knew the theology. I never doubted the theology. I just didn't know if there was any more to it than kind of the sterile aspect of it. Uh, I think, and I love the Word of God. I, I do love the Word of God, but I didn't know the God of Word. I love the written Word of God, but I was missing out on the incarnate Word of God, which is Jesus. And the, I, the written Word of God was my foundation. But there had to be a transition when the written Word of God began to move down into my heart so that I could hear, feel, and see the incarnate and the spirit. And that's what was missing with me. And, and I found it when I started abiding in him. I found that there was something. We said there's fruit that comes. Man, I didn't know what that meant. But then I started show, it started showing up in demeanor, and the way I handled conflicts, the way I looked at people, the way I loved my wife and children. And as I as as is the case, when the Holy Spirit will take his time to disciple a believer. Uh, and in my case, I didn't have any mentors. I was having to do a lot of self-discovery on this. So I was a big church attender, but and I was getting a good church doctrine coming at me, but I was missing that element there. And I think honestly, I think that's where we have to find it individually. We have to be alone with him. A lot of times it's in the dark night of the soul and things are really distressful that we hear him best like a loudspeaker. But then there are times that it's gentle. And, and I think that if we can incline our ears to hear him, then he will make his way to us so that we can hear him. Now in that process, Brian, of learning these things personally, then this is what God does to a disciple. He says, if you're going to be a disciple, You've got to make disciples. And so I knew that in order for my own discipleship to continue and to grow and to deepen, I needed help of the people. So I asked seven men who were businessmen. There were people, some of my clients, a, a couple of them, they were friends. One of them was an elder in the church. And I told them, I said, look, uh, would you meet with me? I'd like to share something with you. And they met with me and I said, I want to tell you something. I really think there's more to this thing called Christianity. And I'm understanding. I think a lot of people think that. And I said, and I really think it's going to be found if we can understand what it means to have an abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm not so sure I know right. So I want to ask you if you would meet with me every two weeks for two hours. And that I will listen to him and they will come together and we'll discuss it. And so they agreed, seven men agreed. So we met for a year, every two weeks or two hours. These were busy, busy Walmart guys. You get up at six o'clock and you get out of there at eight every two weeks. But in between the time that I was with them, uh, the Lord began to reveal to me. And I was a businessman. And so as a businessman, I kind of look at things differently than if I were trained in seminary. I, I speak the vernacular of the industry. I, 
I work in the marketplace. And so I swim in the shark infested waters of business. And I know how to talk to them. I know how they feel. I know what they're afraid of. I know what they're scared of. And I'd already been putting years into mentoring. And so I was taking to them to the thing that had found me and given me the peace and the joy. And God was saying, you can't bottle that up. you got to help them see it. But I didn't know how to unpack it. And that's where the mysterious, wonderful thing comes. And that is every two weeks, he would give me, reveal to me the steps, the things that I needed to bring to their attention, to ask them to look at, to ask them to read, ask them to think about, ask them to journal. And we now call that the journey. So that's when it would read. Yeah. Now, the motivation for that would have to do with that which we do. God invests his time in us. And the question is, will I be a good steward of that? You know, we're stewards of spiritual gifts. We're stewards of time of life. We're stewards of relationships. We're stewards of our past. All of those things can work for good if we'll choose to make ourselves available. And even today at 78 years old, 79 in March, I value the time that I have left to be a good student. Because once I am through with these days and hours that I have, I have no more that I can give here. So that's when priorities change. That's when I began to not pursue the things of, that I love so much in me and try to focus on things that mean so much. Could I be on the beach right now? Yeah. Where, where would I rather be? There or here? <laughs> this is my joy. This is the fruit of the relationship that Jesus invited me into. He's given me the opportunity to be blessed by the fruit of it. And so um, what happened out of that has been happening now for 20 years, over 20 years. We were touched. We were shown something that reached us in our deepest part, our heart, somewhere. And you know, when it's when Christ is in it, this is the thing that, that I have come to understand because I've been a church goer for years. I've been elder, I've been deacons, I've been in a lot of positions in the church, served the churches, love the church. I love the local church. I have my son was a pastor in church, a son-in-law was a pastor in church, and I had a son-in-law that was a pastor in church until he got so discouraged, which happens. But I, 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 have, I have a feeling, I have a desire to, to help as many people as I know to get to know this Jesus like I know, to see what I'm seeing. Because I believe every one of us has the power of multiplication in your life. And that multiplication is beyond anything we can imagine. It's a multiplication of our joy. It's a multiplication of, of our mercy. It's a multiplication of our prayers. It's a multiplication of our encouragement. The multiplication of our wisdom and our teaching. And it goes out. You see, the church is not an organization. It's an organism. And when it's healthy, and we keep it healthy, it's going to reproduce. 
Now we ask our leaders, our board members, all the time, how's your soul? And the reason we ask that is because we believe that everything is inside out. We're inside out people. And I discovered in the years that I was using very popular discipleship programs that were heavy on the disciplines of the scriptures, the verse memorization, most things that you do in the tradition and discipleship methods. I was seeing it in my own life that it was a, an attempt to change us outside in, introduce good behavior, try to offer that accountability, horizontal accountability, as a way to try to yoke the animals and to try to hold us in bay from going out and messing up. And then the Lord broke through to me and said, no, it doesn't work that way. You are inside-out people. And if, if a heart of a man or woman is given to me, I will replace it with a, a person after my own heart. And there will be a transformation in that life will, that will bubble up in the surface of the life. They will be transformed. It begins in the heart. Right. That's it. That's good. That's good. It is. And so that's the, that's, that's the simple truth of what happened. Just trying to help people see what what we long for. We're created for this deep longing for a relationship with our Creator. We lost that at the fall, but it's been regained with the gift of Jesus. But yet we stand outside and we we have this orphan spirit in us that says, "I'm not worthy of that." So I'm just going to sit out here and I'm just going to admire Him and love Him and worship Him and not know Him. Because I'm afraid if I get to know him, he gets to know me, he won't like me or he won't love me. But that's wrong. We don't know him if we feel that. And just getting people to understand the truth of the gospel, the depth of the gospel, the depth of grace, the depth of acceptance, and the depth of how God can enter into our life and make better men and women out of us, transform us into people that are after his it all happens from an abiding, intimate relationship with Christ. That's where it happens. And therefore, I am firmly convinced that my mission in life is to do the best I can to help people find that. Yeah, and I was going to say, Rocky, the, the first, so the, really the first book you wrote was the Journey Manual, was your notes that you collected. And, and that first group, they said, Hey, this was good stuff, Rocky. We need it. We want to share this with other men. Can we have your notes? And yeah. I don't think they could read your handwriting. Nope. Um, I couldn't read my handwriting. <laughs> but but it got me to get into typing. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, the same journey manual people are using today is the same manual that was written in that first group in 2001. It's been, it, it was just something yeah, that it got it, formulated. It's the same heart. So it's had to be uh, reconstituted <laughs> yeah. to make it uh, more user friendly. Right. And, and the good thing about it now is that, as you know, we don't ask you to teach. We ask you just to simply guide. Our mission is to help people learn to self-feed and learn how, to, learn how to let Scripture guide them through the circumstances of their life because it's there that they get to know Jesus better. And so our mission is to try to help that, to help them identify hindrances, to help them 
in, in get in a place where they're they're willing to seek and listen and abide and, and obey. And when that happens, it's almost like game over for us. I mean, we don't manage them, we don't try to control them, but we do say, Will you come and join us and help others? And the reason we say that is because it's good for your discipleship process. Because when we've been poured in, we've poured into you, now you need to pour into others. And that's how the organism grows. So let's fast forward to today, 22 years later, this same process is still doing what, speaking to what you just spoke to, it's helping people find the heart, get Jesus in their heart, get to knowing. Um, Give us some examples of how you see evidence that Jesus is working in the ministry right now. Well, there's several ways that you could uh, evaluate a ministry, such as ours. And unfortunately, people like to evaluate on numbers. And in a way, we do evaluate on numbers, but the criteria is the number of transformed lives. Yeah. Because that's what we're wanting. We're not just attenders. We don't want just fans. We don't want people just join us. We didn't want people that just support us. We want people that join with us in finding this Jesus. Because when they get into that place, there will be a transformed life, and we hear the Lord say, well done. We feel his delight. You know, the joy of the Lord is sense of his joy. If we want to bring him joy, then we do what he asks us to do. And in the way we do. And how we live our lives. And I think that this is where the joy of the Lord sustains me. Is to simply know, hey, way to go, Rob. You're doing what I want you to do. Yeah, we we ship all the materials out of our office right We're there in Benville, Arkansas. And, and I'm always telling the ladies, every time you're shipping a journey pack, this is a potential transformed life of Christ for eternity. You know, and so I think they're even praying over the boxes as they're packing them up. And I can tell you, a lot of those boxes are being shipped to Bakersfield, California, um, and which is awesome. But I, but I also tell you, just again, uh, we just look to see where things, what, what's happening. And just this last year, we shipped uh, boxes to 44 states this last year, and I think 450 cities um, all around the country. So it's not just in a few places anymore. It's all over the, the country. And and so God is really expanding, and we're finding people, a lot of people are looking for this thing that we're talking about here. They're looking to know Jesus more. Yeah, I mean, you know, the... the, the, the... <laughs> I have to tell you, my friend Pete McKenzie, I guess a lot of you know him, right? I don't know why he would say this because he's from Alabama. But when they had the first, we had the first translation of of all of the material into Arabic to go over into Egypt. He said, okay, Rocky, they got to translate it into English before they translate it into Arabic. (laughs) But it went there and then it went to uh, Brazil. In Portuguese language and Spanish now, big time Spanish and Central America, South America, Peru. Now, we've heard some wonderful stories about people getting books and turning to faith just by reading a little old book, you know. Um, and it's gone into Africa. It's been Cameroon translated in French there. It's uh, really going big now. We had our first graduating journey group in Rwanda. And uh, and not only now this is a grandfather trip, trip, uh, group. This is one that was 
already there, but then they brought in their own people there and then they multiplied it and now it's multiplying out and they've asked for us to make a Rwandan translation. And so we're working on that now. And we have some that are translated in Russian. That was people that um, we didn't know. They just said they could they do it. So yeah, go do it. And uh, Philippines wanted to do it. And we were kind of working on that a little bit. And our attitude is this. We go where we're invited. We don't go pounding on doors. We feel like if we're partnership with the Holy Spirit, he's going to take us there. And we just got to be faithful to go there. And, and when we do translation projects, uh, we take no royalties. All, all the We ask them if they can sell it, great. They don't have to, but if they can sell it, because we want to let those royalties support the missionaries. We did that down in, in Brazil. You know, when it's freely given, you try to do your best to freely give it away, right? And so that's what we've been trying to do. Yeah, I want to say that we uh, we just retranslated our curriculum, and we had it in Spanish, but we had about six or seven different people translated it, so we needed to get it into more of a central uh, version of Spanish that all different dialects of Spanish could understand. And so that is complete, and we're in the process of printing a thousand copies of of each of those. John Vasquez, if you're here, uh, it's happening. Uh, we're going to have those done in a few months. Uh, but anyway, we expect there to be a huge. Uh, growth in Spanish speakers in the United States, even uh, going through journey groups and pray with us about that uh, as well. So, so let's look a little bit to the future. Where do we see Jesus coming in the future? Uh, that, now he's going to, he, when he comes, it's all over. We, we'll all be in one big journey group, you know, in heaven. But, uh, but before, you know, right before that, uh, what do you see God doing? I think it's going to be tough times. Don't y'all and I think that we'll weather it if we if we walk with Jesus. And I've got eleven grandchildren, and I think the most important thing I can do to help them prepare for the future that I won't have to be in, because I'm sure I'll be out of it. Oh, <laughs> and I believe this all in my heart. It's not to leave them a lot of money. I can't do that anyway, or or buy land and leave that to them, or any kind of materialistic things. I, I don't think I can help them weather what they're going with. But the most important thing I can do is help them learn to walk with Jesus. Because I think I think in the fluid environment we have, almost like walking in a minefield if you're a soldier, we don't know what those mines are. Uh, and it's dangerous. And I feel like that if we're walking with Jesus and he directs us, I think that even the scripture kind of says that, I'll be behind you until you go right or left. Isn't it something like that? And I, I do believe the most important thing that can happen in the future is to be intimate with Jesus so he can walk us through it. And I do believe that the body of Christ, the real one, the ones that don't check out when the tough and get gut, uh, tough, gut, going gets tough, the real ones, are going to thrive. I think they're going to be prepared. And I think they're going to say, okay, let's go. Because it doesn't have to go much longer. Because he's coming. And let's do our best. And let's run to the finish line. And then we're going to run into the arms of Jesus. But when we do, let's run hard. And finish them. Yeah. I think that's what's going on.
Yeah, and I think I think as we see the darkness and see all the problems in the world and all, all the wars and all that, I think the Lord just keeps telling us, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Keep doing journey groups. Keep taking people to intimacy with Christ because that's what's going to make them ready for the day. So um, I have to mention, a, a lot of people have heard we are making a movie uh, out of the book, Journey to the Chamber, which is kind of crazy for me to even say, but uh, but it's been talked about for many years and uh, people just love that story, uh, the vision, uh, the story of Gabe, and people visualize it and they want to see it on screen. And and we're we're not we're doing it, of course, for all you all who would love to go see the movie. But we're really doing it for all the people who who won't read a book, but they might go to a movie and find out about this intimacy with Christ through a movie. And then they're going to be inspired to want to go figure out more. How do you how do we get a journey group? And so we're praying about uh, thousands of well, all of you all have been through the journey to step up and be available to help other people go through the journey. But also for churches all over the country to help us in this. We're really hoping the local church will rally with us to go help people find Jesus. Yeah. In fact, I, 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 we would like to help them. Uh, I think that, uh, again, you have to understand that if you're going to be a kingdom thinker uh, and a kingdom worker, it's not about your kingdom. It's about his kingdom. And so to make disciples directly or indirectly, and I've said this for years, you know, about the journey. The journey is is a is a compilation of of thoughts and scriptures that are put together in such a way it kind of builds foundations. But the journey is not sacred. The journey is not holy. The journey is a roadmap. It's a treasure map. And the and the and the treasure is Jesus. And so what I tell anybody who will listen to me, in fact, I wrote a book called Proximity, and it was to, written to ministers. And I told them this, look, you don't have to do the journey, but if you will get them to intimacy with Christ, whatever you do will work. You can have a motorcycle ministry, and you can have a bunch of hell's angels that you're trying to teach about Jesus. Well, if you start moving them toward that intimate relationship with Christ, and if they get there, then you will see a disciple formed. And you will see a form that disciple reproduces. So we would like to help churches know that, whether they use the journey or not. But the journey is strategically, vertically oriented, grace-driven, and that's what we do. It's not, it's not filtered with anything else. So we would want to train churches to use it, assist them. Because if we if we make this movie, and by the way, it's not about making a movie, it's about making disciples. The movie will be an on-ramp. It'll be an adaption, adaptation to the to the inner chamber. It can't be exactly like that. It doesn't work in movies, too much dialogue. There's got to be action and things like that. But we've laid it out so far that it really looks like God is inspiring something greatly there, the way that thing will unpack. And we're hoping that it will create an emotional bridge that people will say, I want to know this person like Gabe. This makes a Gabe. I want to be a part of whatever this is and then have a follow-up with that, where these people who are interested can be taken to these churches who are partnering 
that they have a soft landing spot that they will be taken and they will be discipled into an intimate relationship with Christ. That's our hope for the movie. Well, I think we need to wrap up. Why? Well, because they need to answer some questions. And Do you want us to wrap up? <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Bill Van Horn's going, please wrap up. Um, no. Um, let me just close with this verse. Um, I was reading uh, this morning, and, and God just touched my heart as I was having my time with him this morning. And I read this verse, and this this was the early church. This was right after Jesus uh, died and uh, resurrected and then ascended to heaven, and the new church was forming. And as I read this passage, it was talking about the early believers, I thought about Bakersfield. It says, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. For many, as many were owners of lands or houses, they sold them. They brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. And, and as I've watched you all here, I just see Jesus in you. And I see you all living out Jesus to the community and to each other. And I've just seen you all taking care of each other. And uh, sure, challenge has come, but it hasn't taken away the spirit of what you, what you all are doing here and the love you all have for each other. So, so bless you all. And uh, I want to wrap this up by saying this has been the Influencers Network podcast. And I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers School Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. me.